what is up my lovely lovely youtube viewers and podcast listeners i'm super excited about today because you know i took my dog out for a walk this morning and i was like you know what am i going to talk about and i started thinking about like all the conversations i always have in the clinic um, at Restore on almost on a daily basis with patients and there's this kind of like running joke that I kind of created that almost every single person that comes to the clinic that is dealing with X, Y, and Z, there's literally like one exercise that always comes up that if this person got really, really good at it, then, you know, all their issues would, you know, kind of go away. Like, you'd be good to go. But uh, before we get into that, um, I just want to say that I am so, so grateful for all of you, you know, watching my podcast, you know, listening to my podcast, interacting with me over Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff. And 100%, if you, like... Uh, message me, comment on one of my posts, I will like respond, I will give you a good answer. And I am so thankful for all the support I've had over the years. And I'm coming up to my, I believe, fourth year, fifth year of this podcast. And, you know, I'm not slowing down, I'm going to keep going. And eventually, this thing will evolve as you know, I get more time with my schedule. But uh, it's a super cool to see over the years, like I'm coming up to half a million listens on my podcast overall, which is super cool. And seeing so many different cities is just amazing all around the world. And that just gets me more excited because my book is almost done. Like it's almost done. I just have a couple more uh, videos I need to film, um, you know, get some still shot frames of exercises because I will do a print version. I think it's time. Um, but again, everyone will still have access to all the videos, even if they get the print version. And I'm going to put in the show notes. If you haven't already, number one, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, if you're watching, I mean, listening to this, uh, definitely watch this video because we're going to do some like movement stuff quite a bit. And you kind of want to see it, but I'll try to be, you know, as descriptive as possible uh, when doing so. And uh, also hit the show notes to put your name down for the pre-sale list, because just like before when I um, re was releasing my first book, um, I put out a pre-sale list and all those people who put their emails down, they just had um, a little bonus time to get my book faster than everyone else, and uh, they ended up getting a special discounted price. So uh, 100% hit the show notes, put your name down and email, and you will get access first to my new book. But um, let's get into the topic of the show. The single leg deadlift. This is like literally the ultimate exercise for everyone and anyone and I'm gonna go step by step on what it works what it does how it influences your body your performance and how it 
directly relates to any kind of injury. And um, I will demonstrate different variations, how to start from there, and all those good things. So number one, the single leg deadlift, the reason why the joke at my clinic is this person with X injury, if they did the single leg deadlift, their issues would disappear. So if you look at the single leg deadlift on face value, people go, oh, it's a leg exercise, you know, I work my glutes and hamstrings. True. But let's actually go joint by joint, taking the time to investigate, you know, what am I actually working? And this is kind of like, maybe the last four years in my career, I've taken taken the time to you know, reevaluate all the exercises I've been giving to people and seeing which ones actually give me my most bang for my buck type of scenario. And the single leg deadlift is one of those ones that always stand out. And we're going to go from the bottom to the top of what this exercise does. So let's look at just say muscles in general. I said glutes and hamstrings. Yes. But what about your adductors? Like, in order to go on one leg and not topple over, your adductors have to fire. And then going a little further down, looking at your calf muscles, so your gastroc and soleus, they have to work quite a bit to stabilize. And then all those little like intrinsic uh, muscles in your feet need to also work. Now let's go up the chain as well literally every muscle in your hip that is responsible for stabilizing your pelvis is turned on. It's being challenged. And then if you're doing it well enough, your low back learns how to stabilize the motion. All of your small intricate muscles along your spine is learning how to keep neutral. And if we look at a joint by joint approach to this exercise. Let's go from the very bottom. So I said little foot intrinsics. So your big toe, I did a whole episode on the importance of, you know, your big toe, um, mobility, um, activation, ankles, feet, everything. I did a whole episode like that. So definitely go check that out. But your big toe is the first point of like propulsion, right? So if you think about when you take a step, Right? What's the first point that touches the ground? It's your big toe, and it pushes off and propels you forward. But a lot of times, if you look at all the shoes that we wear, it kind of bunches all of our toes together, and that thumb, um, not thumb, your, uh, so think of my thumb as your big toe, kind of pushes in like this, and your like big toe looks like this, and then you start walking with your big toe like this, and then what happens? Like you literally look at where this little joint is of my thumb, your big toe ends up looking like that. You get a big ass bunion because it has doesn't have the freedom to go down and up, right? So then you get into things like, yeah, bunions, pain, um, collapsed arches, whatever it is. So that single leg deadlift, if you have a foot problem, single leg deadlift is the answer. You're literally teaching your foot how to stabilize in the ground, root yourself into the ground and it requires a lot of work. And then if you have plantar fasciitis, if you have collapsed arches, high arches, that single leg deadlift is going to f- help f- 
fix that. Is it gonna fix it entirely? Probably not. But is it gonna improve the quality of your health, like musculoskeletal health? Hell yes. Now let's move up a little bit higher. Ankles. So we already worked on the foot. The ankle needs to be quite a mobile joint, but at the same time learning how to stabilize so you don't roll your ankle. So those people who have, you know, those floppy ankles where you roll them all the time, the single leg deadlift will help. If you look at any ankle rehab, what do they get you to do right away? They literally try to get you balancing on one foot. And, you know, in the beginning stages, yeah, that's what you should do. But how do you progress from there? Because a lot of times people go to their physio chiro, they have those little single leg exercises, but they don't really progress them any further from there. What you should do is progress into that single leg deadlift and challenge that ankle to learn how to stabilize so they don't buckle when you play sports or walk off a curb. Now let's go a little bit further, your knee. How many people have knee pain? Fucking a lot. <laughs> and a lot of times, the knee is not the culprit of pain. It's usually dictated by the ankle and hip. So we'll get to the hip a little later, but if you think about the example of the ankle, imagine your ankle doesn't know how to stabilize, that knee is gonna wonk all over the place and usually the knee caves inward towards your midline. So now imagine you have an exercise that challenges your foot stability, your ankle stability, and you get better at those two things, a lot of times that knee is gonna start falling in line and listening to what that ankle is dictating the movement, which is the single leg deadlift. So now we have a joint like your knee that needs to have a lot of stability getting that feedback, teaching your body that when you're on one leg, that knee needs to stay in line in a more biomechanical um, position that is advantageous, how did I even say that word, that has the advantage to um, move in the right direction so it doesn't have stress going into places it shouldn't. Um, so now if we move further up into the hip, the hip is such a mobile joint, number one, but it also needs to stabilize. How many people have, you know, hip issues, SI joint issues, and all of that comes down to learning how to stabilize through the hip. And a lot of us who sit at a desk all day tend to go to the gym and just do squats, leg presses, deadlifts, and never really challenge um, unilateral training, which is a whole nother topic. And I'll just say this, like if you think about every single sport out in the world, it is done on one leg. So why wouldn't you wanna train single leg compared to two feet on the ground at the same time? Us as human beings, so say you're just a general population person, what do you do when you wanna go from point A to point B? You're not squat jumping like a frog. You are taking one step at a time to walk from point A to B. You decide to go running, point A to B, it's always on one leg, it's never on two. So as a general population person, it is the, in your best interest to train single leg. Now, if you look at the hip complex itself, it needs to stabilize, right? So if we're working from our feet to your ankles, to your knees, to your hips, 
that pelvis needs to be able to stabilize as you take your next step. A lot of people when they go to the gym and they don't have the prerequisites for proper gait because their hips can't stabilize, their ankles suck and their feet suck, they end up doing like lunges or walking lunges and they you know, obviously add load to it by holding dumbbells. And, you know, in theory, like on face value, like, yeah, fucking lunges, it's unilateral, it's great, you should do it. But imagine the average person that doesn't have good feet, doesn't have, you know, mobile ankles and uh, stable ankles, their knee wonks all over the place and their hips suck. Now adding locomotion to a lunging pattern with load you're going to hit a ceiling effect of, you know, quality movement. And over time, people will have knee pain and hip pain. So a lot of times when it comes to training people, in my opinion, and, you know, there's other coaches that have been in the industry far long, longer than me that I've learned from, you want to start in more of a stationary position. So things like split squats would be a great option to start with and single leg deadlifts. Single leg deadlifts will literally teach you how to stabilize all those little muscles that relate to things like running and jogging and walking lunges and any kind of locomotion exercise that challenges that hip junction a lot along with other things going down the line, aka your knees, ankles, and feet, right? So like, holy crap, the single leg deadlift is already, you know, showcasing so many benefits because a lot of people that come to the clinic will have feet issues, ankle issues, knee problems, hip problems. So single leg deadlift is already um, teaching that person how to address all those issues in one exercise. Now let's keep going up to the chain. We have our low back. How many people have low back pain? Fucking a lot, a lot more than knee pain. In a single leg deadlift, when executed properly, your low back has to stabilize quite a bit to be able to perform that exercise. When you get to a point where you're actually doing a single leg deadlift, unweighted or weighted, you rarely see anyone's low back going into like excessive flexion. Like it stays pretty neutral. And again, our low backs like to stay in a neutral position while under load, while under any kind of external stress, you know? There are times, exceptions to the rule, where you need to add movement to the lumbar spine. But in this case, most people's low backs are either hypermobile, they don't move, and their T-spine also sucks. So then when it comes to everyday movement, they're only moving from their lumbar spine. So to kind of take off that stress, we can add something like a single leg deadlift to teach our body that, hey, when you're moving under load, here's how to stabilize. And then your body remembers that pattern, so then when you go pick up something off the ground, you don't end up fucking up your shit. So now we have low back stability. Now, going up further the chain to your TL junction, your thoracic spine, all those muscles surrounding your spine have to also stabilize. And this is one of the hardest things that I'll see you know, training people or training patients is teaching how to keep a neutral spine with the rest of the spine because 
we naturally tend to just drop our shit forward and teaching us how to retract our scapulas and keep our um, spine in a neutral position requires a lot of those small little paraspinal muscles that surround the spine to activate. And a lot of times when I get people doing single leg deadlifts or just deadlifts in general, and I teach them how to keep neutral spine under load, they're like, oh, I feel this in my back. And I'm like, okay, where in your back? Do you feel it in your low back? They're like, oh, no, no, it's like up here. And they kind of point in that thoracic spine. I'm like, well, that's a good thing because one, you sit at a desk for 10 hours a day like this. And those postural muscles are not being used. They're not being challenged. So now I'm taking you here in a prolonged um, time frame with load or no load. And those are going to fatigue a lot faster because they have not been trained. So now we're building this like armor of um, muscle around your spine. So then when you are in a sport, playing hockey, playing soccer with your kids, like you are good to go. You are an ironclad body, selfish plug for my book. Um, If we continue going up, this is only when we load the single leg deadlift and I prefer a contralateral load. Meaning if I have my right leg being the leg that's gonna do the single leg deadlift, my left hand is holding a kettlebell or a dumbbell. In that, position, I'm going to be fighting rotation. So I'm already integrating a core exercise with um, my single leg deadlift. So now I'm learning how to activate my core, how to stabilize, how to create intra-abdominal pressure. Like, holy shit, like this exercise just keeps on giving and I'm not fucking done. Like this is a lot. This is a lot. Well, we still have more to go through. Um, And it's been like 18 minutes talking about the single leg deadlift. Um, So say I'm holding that dumbbell kettlebell on my left arm and my right leg is the working leg. As I come down with my arm into my single leg deadlift, this left shoulder is going to want to dump forward. And again, if I'm telling someone to keep a neutral spine, they're going to have to learn how to retract their scapula back. So now we're also adding, you know, health and strength and stabilization to the scapula. Holy shit, a leg exercise working my shoulder blade because most of us don't know how to retract properly because we're always in a protracted position. So with this um, kettlebell or dumbbell in our hand, we're teaching our our shoulder how to stabilize. Now, another thing, you holding that dumbbell or kettlebell is indirectly working grip strength. The number one um, thing in research right now to predict um, longevity in your life is grip strength, right? So if you can't physically grip something as tight as possible and like think of breaking it, your health would deteriorate, you know? It's overall strength, right? So when I coach people doing the single leg deadlift or any exercise that involves a kettlebell, barbell, dumbbell, whatever it is, it's a death grip. There are times where you don't need to do that, which is a whole nother conversation, but for the most part, you want a death grip on that. And what is that teaching your glenohumeral joint to do? Is stabilize along with your scapula. Your glenohumeral joint is a huge player when it comes to rotator cuff stuff like throwing. 
So now we're indirectly working grip strength and glenohumeral joint and your rotator cuff. Holy fuck, that's a lot already. I'm gonna throw in one more thing with a single leg deadlift, your neck. When we are coming down into our single leg deadlift, our neck needs to stabilize so it doesn't do this. You know what I mean? So keeping that neutral spine, your neck is part of your, your spine, right? So when we do our single leg deadlift, I'm teaching that pack neck. And a lot of times we're in those situations where we're on our desk like this, hunched over with our neck forward and we get super tight neck. And when you go to a chiropractor or physiotherapist, the first thing they tell you to do is like chin retractions to get all this stuff addressed. So why not coach, from my perspective, that chin tuck, not overly excessive, but that chin tuck as you're doing the single leg deadlift to build more stability in the neck. So from your big toe to your fucking neck, the single leg deadlift covers it all. So the joke is like, imagine if I took this frail patient and gave them the ability to one, go into a single leg deadlift, get them so good to a point where they could take a fucking 45 pound dumbbell and do a single leg deadlift. They are going to be good for the rest of their fucking life. But it takes the time and dedication and consistency to get to that point. A lot of people don't get to that point. They end up just going to the practitioner, the pain goes away, we give them the exercise, and who knows if they're doing it, you know? It needs that extra bit. So now that we know that the single leg deadlift is like a king of all exercises, we're gonna go over how I coach it, how I start it before we even load it. So I'm gonna move the camera, so please excuse all the shakiness that's about to happen. And I might have to adjust my camera angle as well. So the first thing, before we're even adding any kind of load or anything fancy like that, what you want to do is go body weight. So ideally, when I coach the single leg deadlift and the person doesn't have any balance issues, I do a body weight single leg deadlift with a reach and then back up and I just kick my door, but it's all good. So when I teach the reach, the reach is more so like a counterbalance. And what I want to see is like the person using their hips to like hinge like a deadlift and they are driving their hips back and the arms are in a reach position for counterbalance and then they come up. And they just come back and forth, back and forth, keeping that front knee in a soft position as they come down so they can actually feel their hamstring and glute engage as they come up. A lot of times if you have someone that's kind of familiar to yoga, they end up like locking out the knee because they think they're doing warrior three, but you want a soft knee as you come down so you can activate all those leg muscles you're trying to work. But let's say that, you know, your person that you're working with or even yourself can't get into that single leg deadlift position because a lot of times people will do it and they like 
they need caves and they're like, oh shit, or they like, they lose balance and they don't know what the hell's going on with their body. So an easy fix is like, okay, I'm gonna hold on to the wall and now do the single leg deadlift, right? I can still get into that position because I'm holding. The other one that I really like to use to kind of get into the idea of like scapular and you know, serratus activation is using the dowel for one balance, but as I reach forward, I'm taking the dowel and pushing into the ground as hard as possible to activate all of this stuff. And this one tends to work quite well. And then there's so many different variations when it comes to assistance. Like you can hold on to a TRX, you can hold on to your squat rack, you can hold on with both hands on the squat rack, whatever you gotta do to get that hinge developed. As we progress with that, that's where I would wanna load it. And this is where um, the kettlebell comes into play. So, like I said, contralateral first, and I'll show you the reason why I do that. So, from here, I eliminate now the reach portion, and we're just gonna focus on having both arms down. So from here, I'm coming down into my single leg deadlift and back up down and back up. What I don't want to see is when you come down, a lot of people make the mistake of like dropping the shoulder. So again, that's that scapular motion and grip strength coming into play. The reason why I don't do an ipsilateral load. So contralateral is, you know, the opposite side of the leg that's working. If I go same side, that's an ipsilateral load. Again, not a bad exercise to someone who's a little bit more trained, but for a general population person that doesn't really have you know, adequate hip stabilization, this is what ends up happening. Their hip opens up to counterbalance the load and they don't get the full effect of the deadlift. And a lot of times when they go into this position, like even for myself, I feel a lot of stress on the inside of my knee right now. So I always, always go into a contralateral load to get into my um, single leg deadlift a little bit more effectively with people and I've had great success. From there, as some people get um, a little bit more comfortable with the single leg deadlift, balance is not a big issue, that's where I like to start really loading it. And this is where I'll go in with two kettlebells and because it's not a contralateral load, it's a little bit easier to balance and maintain the position as we go through. So same rules apply as we go down and up, you know, nice solid single leg deadlift, but now we're loading it quite a bit. And that's where the true magic happens. Cause it's like, imagine that person that has, you know, ankle issues, knee issues, hip issues, and we're getting them with like two 35 pound dumbbells or two 16 kilo kettlebells going through the single leg deadlift, like they're going to start feeling a lot better, a lot faster. And, you know, I think a lot of people think that traditional rehab exercises are like banded external rotations that are dinky, but the single leg deadlift covers quite a bit. And then, you know, I'm gonna bring this back down so we can chat a little bit more. Um, where I like to kind of go from there, because there's so many different like variations that we can um, use when it comes to um, the single leg deadlift. 
Um, I like using barbells when that person gets really, you know, good at um, the single leg deadlift uh, movement pattern. Because that's the thing, like, a lot of people think that, you know, just because I'm like the rehab and mobility guy that I don't progress my people, but I do quite a bit when they're consistent. Like, I'll get people doing a barbell single leg deadlift and that requires a lot of stabilization and you're really challenging yourself. Like there's so many different single leg deadlift variations that you can choose from depending on what you have at home. Like you can still use a band, like you can use a dowel with your band. Like you can get really creative and really challenge yourself. But I feel like I can talk forever on the single leg deadlift, but we went over all the major points and why it works so, so well. And I literally give that single leg deadlift to everyone, everyone. But they all start from different places. You know, not everyone's gonna get to a weighted single leg deadlift in a contralateral load. They might have to be doing a single leg deadlift body weight for like eight weeks before we get to that point. But it all ends up at the same end point and we're still getting the benefits like I spoke about earlier, even if it's body weight. So I highly, highly recommend um, in your programming, if you're training right now, adding single leg deadlifts, if you guys have any questions about the single leg deadlift or any kind of variation, feel free to reach out, hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel so you don't miss any new episodes or any new exercises I film, and put your name on the pre-sale list for my book. That's it for me. Thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Until next time.